0: Hello and welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges and where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill and I am fired up to be with you here today. I found a great quote that, Totally ties in with my guest today. The quote is by Walt Disney. We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy, what do you say? Come on, isn't that hysterical? So our guest today is the one and only Cody Lowry, and he is an author of the book Schmooze, what they should teach at Harvard Business School. He's also an inspirational leader whose stories move people to action and foster a winning can-do attitude. And you're going to find that in his energy today, Cody how are you?
1: I'm doing great I hope you are Heather.
0: Oh always I'm all fired up it's it's gonna be a good day for sure. So you know I definitely want to dive into your book but before we do I did just a super short intro for you is there anything that you'd like to share with people about your background your experience before we jump into some questions?
1: Well, I, I think I have an unusual background. You've already heard of the uh, the uh, rags to riches story. I was actually a uh, riches to rags uh, story. Uh, there's a high school in Detroit named after my grandfather, Frank Cody High School. Uh, he is the first was the first president of Wayne State University, and my mother was a debutante, and she was literally raised with the automotive folk, the Fords and the Fishers, and and it has a uh, a nice beginning um of my life for the first four years and our family decided to move to Fort Lauderdale and that's when you know helter skelter happened mm. um within a seven-year period seven mile radius we moved 32 times my mom and dad became uh, very fond of the bottle and uh it was it was crazy the electricity was uh always being uh, turned off we were always looking for food until the government, you know, would uh, every now and then they'd leave a box of uh, peanut butter and spam at your front door. But, you know, it, um, it, it really uh, gave me an opportunity to start life and to start working at a, at an early age. I, I was on the street selling newspapers for the Miami news age 11. Wow. Heather, would you buy a paper? If I told you where you got your shoes, what state you were born in, how many birthdays you've had?
0: Oh, uh, of, sure. course,
1: <laughs> of course you would. For a nickel, <laughs> I'd say you got your shoes on your feet. You were born in the state of infancy and you've only had one birthday the day you were born. So, you know, selling newspapers, I, I learned uh, overcoming adversity. I learned about uh, being persistent and that's throughout the book. And so my my life has been one eclectic turn after the other, setting up a meeting with the president of the United States in one week, getting a baseball signed by the Pope, being the recipient of a Super Bowl ring by, from one of NFL's Hall of Fame coaches, auditioning for Saturday Night Live. So I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of wins, a lot of uh, uh, situations where, I've, to your point, I, I've overcome fear in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I've done a, a lot of it by schmoozing. Now I've, I've redefined the word schmooze. It's, uh, sometimes it takes on a negative, uh, uh, connotation, but it's, it's about a a winning smile, making a great first impression, building relationships, overcoming adversity, um, schmoozing at the podium, you know, so many people are scared to get up there and, and speak. And, and so it's, it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a great read for, for almost any age. And, um, um, I'm, I'm delighted to be able to share some of the stories with you today.
0: Oh, that's awesome. No, I really appreciate that. And I and I love that you redefine schmooze because you're right. I mean, sometimes there is a little bit of a negative connotation to it, but not in the least the way that you have redefined it. I love that. Now, throughout your book, the chapters are, are kind of laced with this persistence that you've been talking about, along with schmoozing, um, and it's really helped you being able to cultivate that at, at an early age. So the book could almost be called persistence, you know, in the, in the title. Sure. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that persistence and and maybe some tips that you have for our audience today. Well, you
1: know, I, I and, and people that know me, they know my, my, uh, m- one of my favorite words is charge. And that's, um, you know, if you're going after a piece of business or you're trying to accomplish something, you know, you have, you have to have that can do attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I had somebody one time bet me, he said, I won't mention his name because he, he, some people might know the name on on this call and he probably wouldn't want me to do that, but you know, he'd run the Boston marathon two or three times New York marathon and what have you. And, and while I'm not, nobody's ever called me lethargic and, you know, on athletic. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a runner. I'm not somebody who would, you know, even attempt to run 26.2 miles. But I was in his, his um, office one day, and he was getting ready to run the Marine Corps Marathon. I say getting ready. He was, he was starting to get ready, and um, I said, well, you know what? I, uh, and I'll say his first name. I said Steve. I said, you know what? Maybe I'll run the marathon. <laughs> he looks at me, and he starts laughing. He says, you can't run a marathon. Well, I want you to know after six months of training and just about near death, the first time I tried to run around a lake, um, I led the Marine Corps marathon for about two seconds, but I did run the marathon. And and it's a funny story. I, I had trained and that lake that I referenced, I actually ran around it eight times. And Um, I have what they call Heather deceptive speed. I'm slower than I thought I was. Right. (laughs) And, uh, (laughs) so I get, I get to the, uh, to the event and, and now there's, you know, if you run a, you know, a two something, you get up in the front of the line. And if you run this, you get here. And and you know what? They relegated me because of my slowness to the back of the line. And I went, there's no way I'm doing this. I said, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a half a mile behind the pack. So I went, And I went right to the front of the line with the world-class marathon runners. (laughs) And yes, Heather, for about a second and a half, I led the Marine Corps marathon.
0: So, you know,
1: yeah. And when you talk about persistence, I got to tell you that first day of training, I, I honestly felt like quitting. We had a hundred dollar bet. And I said, pay Steve is hundred and let's go. Uh, this is crazy, but no, I stuck with it. And, um, you know, and and it wasn't easy. Uh, you know, with three little kids running around and trying to, you know, I'd get up around four o'clock in the morning and start training. But I stuck with it. I was persistent, and um, I um, I accomplished that goal.
0: I love it. I you're can, like me. If somebody challenges you to do something, you're gonna find a way to do it, aren't you?
1: <laughs> right, right. And I'll tell you a real funny one. If uh, I think it's funny. If you don't think it's funny, don't tell me. It'll only hurt okay, my feelings. Okay, I'll just you know. laugh. so, <laughs> Okay. So early in my career, I was going to, um, my goal was to be a, a stand-up uh, comedian. And I did do stand-up in Florida. And uh, my wife and I were actually um, thinking about going to Las Vegas. And, you know, I could really learn my craft there. Um, I'm going to give you a, a timeline. It was about October. Uh, of that year, and I decided, you know, I haven't been to New York, and I, I think I need to, you know, get up there and kind of kick the tires, see what's what's happening, see what it's all about, see if I was a better fit for New York than Las Vegas, mm-hmm. and I got up there and, you know, went to the comedy clubs. I actually, uh, they invited me up on stage at Catch a Rising Star, and that was fun, so now I've got, like, uh, I don't know, a 100 bucks in my pocket left, you know, I've got my ticket to get back home, and I'm probably gonna you know be in New York maybe another two days and I'm I I I said to myself, hey, while you're here, very casually I said, while you're here, why don't you why don't you audition for Saturday Night Live? It was like, well, you know, you're here. Why don't, why don't you get a haircut or why don't you, you know, whatever. But yeah. I, you know, sometimes being naive isn't so bad, right? No. And so um yeah, well I surely was but I uh, I called the uh, the show there rockefeller center and mm-hmm. i got to the the uh receptionist at saturday night live and i'd already looked up i knew who the guy and had a creative was his name was john head he was an english chap mm-hmm. um and it was just almost miraculous i asked for him and they put me right through to him <laughs> and i'm talking to him and i'm talking about you know i'm um, came up from from Florida, I'm a stand-up comedian. I think I have something you really like at the time, Heather. Uh, not even Rich Little did Jimmy Carter, right? And I did Jimmy Carter, and it looked like he was going to beat uh, Ford in the in the next election. And I mentioned that to him, and and um, he was very kind. He was a gentleman, mm-hmm. and um, he said he said Cody, give me a call in the morning, and we'll set something up. Oh, that's well, awesome. I called in the morning. And it wasn't as easy to get him on the phone. Yes. And I called again and I called again and I knew I was becoming an irritant to the, the, uh, the receptionist. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I say the end of the day, four or five o'clock, uh, you know, it just didn't happen. So mm-hmm. a couple hours later, I thought, well, you know what, maybe this guy, maybe he's in the book. And back then before the advent of tell, you know, cell phones and what have you, everybody had a, I say most people had a, uh, uh, number listed some of the elite didn't but anyway I I took a shot and asked for a John Head New York and sure enough he lives in Long Island and sure enough they gave me a telephone number and sure enough I was persistent and I called him he answers the phone I said Mr. Head this is Cody Lauer he goes there was a pause and he goes you are amazing (laughs) uh, and and we started talking next thing he says I'll see you you know tomorrow and he gave me a time and and I went in and you know you've uh, you've kind of branded yourself uh, around you know the word fear and consequences of it and how to overcome it I gotta tell you I'm a guy that just keep you know I say charge I just keep going and going but when I was going up that elevator boy I started getting caught and I go what are you crazy <laughs> you know, I mean, I was in comedy, but I, I really, you know, hadn't earned my wings, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and uh, but there was something about when the when the elevator door opened, Heather, there was a calmness that came over me. Mm-hmm. I went up like I was, you know, owned a joint and I uh, asked for uh, Mr. Head. They put me uh, in a in this room. There wasn't really a stage. It was like a platform, you know, and all of a sudden he comes in. Wonderful guy. And he said, uh, he said, I'd love to hear uh, your routine. So I started doing my routine. I do imitations. And mm-hmm. at the time I, I had a bit that I wrote a, a fast sell on vasectomy, a do-it-yourself kit for fourteen oh, ninety five, <laughs> that was uh, included antiseptic gauze scalpel. And it was, it was, uh, it was pretty funny at the time, probably funny today. And then I got into my Jimmy Carter. My name is Jimmy Carter. I always tell the truth. If i tell a lie, I grow another tooth. Um, and I, I started getting into the, the, uh, the Carter routine and, and, you know, he wasn't rolling on the floor, Heather, but I could tell he had a smile on his face. He was genuinely, uh, I knew he genuinely liked me. And, uh, so when I was done, he said, Cody, I want to, you know, um, call a couple other people in the room and I want you to do the Carter routine again. Um, and so they came in and I did the, uh the Carter routine and they were very polite. I was never officially, uh, um, introduced. I, I suspect maybe one of them was, uh, Lauren Michaels, but in any event, uh, they left and he looked at me, he said, you nailed Carter. He said, I'm going to, I'm going to be watching for you around town. Let's see if he becomes president. Well, he, he forgot that I told him I was only going to be in town oh, for, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. a couple of days or another day. And so I went back to Florida and, um, uh, Rich Little became president. And, and you know what, though, Heather, people will tell, say today, they say, don't you regret that you never you know, followed it? And my goal was to you know, not do stand-up comedy m- for my whole life, but maybe it would lead to a TV show or, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. And I had talked to some professional comedians out there. But, you know, I have no regrets. Today, I have something that even headlining at Caesar's Palace uh, couldn't take the place of. And, uh, you know, I've got four children. And right now, as young as I am, I have 11 grandchildren, uh-huh. 11 grandchildren from age one to 20. And had I gone on and uh, done the comedy routine, that would not have happened.
0: Well, you know, you've been the, the experience that you got from doing the stand-up comedy definitely can be found in the book because schmooze is very funny read. And so everything, you know, all of the experiences that make you who you are, they come back and they, they evolve through the years. And, uh, you know, I really do want to also hear about the secret sauce of yours has to do with building relationships. Can you share a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So I've been in business my, uh, you know, my whole life and um, in the advertising business, which can be a a grind. Everybody goes, oh, you're in advertising. Oh, oh, I wish I was in am right you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you, you come in at eight and you leave at eight mm-hmm. if you're lucky and you work weekends, uh, with the clients and presentations and, you know, all the moving parts that, uh, goes into that, to that, uh, that segment, but we have had, and I just got off the phone with one of them. We have, uh, clients on the books that we have had for over 30 years. And these aren't, uh, people that do business with Cody Lowry, because, you know, I'm a schmoozer. They do business because I deliver and because I have built the right foundation for the relationship. Mm-hmm. Number one, the secret sauce to building a relation is you get the client to um, trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you never, ever um, let the, the client down and First and foremost, you build that relationship quickly. You know, people make a value judgment about you within the first 60 seconds. They either like you, they don't like you, they they feel good, they don't feel good. And um, I used to make sure that um, whenever I go see, you know, a really high-powered client or, or, or whoever, I knew so much. About that that particular person I was meeting. What college did they go to? What clubs did they belong to? How many kids do they have? What are their favorite charities? And so when I went in, I was armed with with uh, probably some real good common denominators. And and I've got I've got part of that secret sauce. There's some certain tactics. But if any of your listeners are ever uh, in front of uh, you know somebody, and it's the guy that's making the decisions, or the or the woman who's making the decisions. Um, look them and, and genuine, genuinely ask them, you know, um, uh, Bob, how did you get started in this business?
0: Mm.
1: Well, sit back and maybe hopefully you brought a lunch because (laughs) they will just talk and talk and talk. But what you're doing is you're getting a lot of information that you will lose use later. And, and um, so when you leave that first meeting, um, you know, you're, you're you're not on an even playing field with your competitors mm-hmm. and i'll tell you i'll tell you a, a, just another story related to this i was uh, i got a call one day from a toyota dealer in charlotte north carolina and you know i'd known this gentleman for for a while when he had a dealership in florida and um he said you know a bunch of the toyota dealers are getting it together at the grove park Inn, uh not too far from you heather um, and, uh, for dinner and meeting and blah, blah, blah. Why don't you come up and say hello? So sure. So I, I get up there and I'm, I'm introduced to the dealers and they had a cocktail party and then they had this, you know, sit down dinner and, you know, I was getting to know each one of them individually. So hopefully I could, you know, maybe, um, do business with them later on down the road. Mm -hmm. Well, as I'm, Having dinner, one of the dealers looks at me and he said, "Who did you bring with you?" And I really thought that was an odd question. Who did who did I bring with me? And I said, "I didn't bring anybody." He said, "Really?" Well, Heather, they were having a major presentation from some pretty big agencies, uh, a national agency that I won't mention because everybody would know that name. And mm-hmm. um, but uh, and he, it, it was it's happening in the morning, so they invited. Like four agencies plus this big uh, national agency, and I didn't even know there was a presentation. But it was a presentation (laughs) for their account, and it was worth millions. Well, I got to tell you, I went up to my uh, my room after the dinner, and I was sick. I mean, I had I had you know business cards. I had a you know a new video of our what we call our sizzle reel. But that's all I had. I didn't have the the storyboards. I didn't have the the market research. I didn't have all the kinds of things that you would normally bring to a presentation like this, including, you know, more than one person, and usually, you know, four, five, or six people there. Um, but you know, I uh, I thought about it and thought about it, and um, I decided, you know what? I know these guys. I built a relationship with them. They know me, right? Mm-hmm. and uh the next morning uh they gave me my spot i was uh the last to go on in in advertising you either want to be first or you want to be last so i was last and um these dealers make uh very quick decisions with that said i was i was out in the 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 waiting area for about 4 hours and it was my turn and i walked in you know without any uh, anybody at my side without the storyboards and the parting gifts and you know mm-hmm. all those kinds of things and I got up and I pitched it and I while I didn't know creative I knew our creative strategy while I didn't know you know the uh, uh, the, the market intimately I knew our strategy for buying media and 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 so I got up there and uh, gave it the old college try as they say and uh they actually applauded when I left and maybe they did that for the other groups I don't know uh but then I went out into the uh waiting area and I was um talking to some of the other agency people and I thought I'm I'm sure that most of them thought this guy doesn't have a chance you know (laughs) you know one man band which I was and I had you know resources back in Florida Mm -hmm. so anyway um One of the dealers comes out of the uh, meeting room and uh, he said, Cody, we'd like to see you for a minute. So I walked into the room, they closed the door and they all got up and they applauded me. I won the business and I, Heather, I give all the credit in the world. To building the relationship and building it, uh, building it quickly. They knew Cody Lowry when they went into that room. They liked Cody Lowry. Okay, that's a, that was an advantage that that trumped any um, you know whiz bang creative or you know market strategy that they could come up with. And um, I I can't encourage your 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 audience, your listeners to to really in, in business. Uh, Do that.
0: Yeah. And and, uh, I
1: think you'll have some wins.
0: Oh, I totally agree with you. It's so important to. Uh, to follow through and to do all the things that build that trust as quickly as possible. Um, You know, Cody, there's one takeaway from your book that really resonated with me and I'd love for you to share. And that is that you put a high priority on reaching out to the, to the little guy, the lonely, the unfortunate. Can you talk a little bit more about that, please?
1: Absolutely. In fact, uh, there's, there's, there's about three stories uh, in the book related to this topic, um, and uh, you know that I've got some friends who say, "Ah, oh, you're an easy mark," you know, blah blah blah, you know, because I give to almost all the street people, and they go, you know, they're just conning you, and and uh, you know, they're they're just taking your money, and they're going to go buy beer, they're going to do this, or they're going to do that. Well, the facts are a little bit different than that. Eighty-two percent of those people, Heather, that ask us uh, for money, um, are hungry hungry. Mm-hmm. Now I got to tell you, I'm not smart enough and never will be to really be able to tell the 18% that are really trying to, you know, get my pocket, right. Mm-hmm. They're hungry. I can remember my, my wife and I, we, we had the, the kids, they were small. We went to Charleston, West Virginia, and we couldn't get out on if you know that, that airport, but it sits on a, on a, on a little mountain top, and 300 feet down and when there's fog they just don't fly so we got a hotel and we were walking the uh kids to a Mexican restaurant and it was cold that night and uh all of a sudden um you know I hear that somebody or I didn't hear this guy nudges me on the back and I turn around and dear god he he looked like he hadn't had a haircut in a year and you know just uh kind of a scary individual and um, he asked me for money. And I said, uh, and I'm very I was, And I am today, even though they're big, and, you know, they can handle me no, no problem. But I'm, you know, I protect my kids today. And I, as I did when they were, you know, six, seven and eight. So I, um, I told him to back off to know we aren't interested. And about 30 seconds later, he grabs me again. Mm. Heather, I turned around, and I got in this guy's face, and I let him have it. And I told him to, I used some ugly words. In the meantime, my wife and the three kids were hurrying along and I got to the restaurant and, uh, I was sitting there and I was, I was a little nervous and, uh, you know, about what had happened and the way I really acted in front of my kids. I didn't like that. And Mm I, um, I, I said to Phyllis, I said, you know, maybe that guy's hungry, really hungry. And, and I gave her my watch. I gave her all the money I had, save about 50 bucks. And I said, I'm going to go out and try to find him. So I went out and I went up, you know, one, and there were small streets, but one street down the other. And, and all of a sudden I saw him with his significant other. They were on a, on a, uh, uh park bench there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I kind of walked up to him from an angle and I said, excuse me. And he looked at me and he jumped back. He thought I wanted to fight him or something. <laughs> and I said, I said, no, no, no. Hey, listen, I want to, I want to apologize for the way I acted. And, you know, she's sitting there shivering right next to him. Mm -hmm. I said, "Uh, you guys hungry? Their eyes lit up like Christmas trees. And um, I said, come on, let's go, let's go grab something. And uh, on the way to the Mexican restaurant, I was starting to, I was saying, well, what the heck I'll take them in there. We'll eat. And uh, uh, there was a McDonald's right there on the street. He said, how about McDonald's? I said, "Ah, that's great. So. She got up there and uh, she ordered first and she ordered two Big Macs and she ordered apple pies. I don't know if you remember when McDonald's had yes. those little yeah. apple pies and mm-hmm. French fries and all that kind of stuff. And i actually thought she was, you know, ordering for both of them. And,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> and, and then uh, he got up there and he goes, I'll take the same. So th- <laughs> these, <laughs> these people were very, very hungry. And do you know, Heather, um, about, uh, a year ago, my oldest son, whose name is also Cody. Mm -hmm. Um, he reminded me of that story. And, uh, no, I, I, think you have to, um, you know, in life, you know, we have it better than, than, you know, probably 99.9% of all the people that have ever lived on the face of the earth. And yet there is, you know, those people that have fallen through the cracks and, you know, with mental illness and all the kinds of things that bring them to that point in their, their life. And uh, you know what? Most of them are lonely. Now, I will tell you a story, and this is not made up. This happened two nights ago. My wife and I went out to dinner. We went to the, the Ford garage. I don't know if they have one in your area, but it's great. We were sitting, we were sitting at the, um, the bar, and, and um, I had ordered, and she had ordered. My wife has got no hearing in her left ear, and I noticed this guy at the corner of the bar, um, he was trying to talk to her, and it looked like she was ignoring him. Mm. so i felt like you know hey listen i gotta explain to this guy that she just can't hear you right mm-hmm. so um i went over and i introduced myself and um he was in the logistics business he was uh he's a uh, long haul truck guy and mm-hmm. you know we started talking we started talking about chicago we started talking about um uh you know his his past and he, he'd had kind of a rough time and uh, his uncle is actually uh, part of the Chicago symphony or something like that. And, um, as I was leaving, um, he said, are you an angel? Just like that. He <laughs> says, are you an angel? And I said, no, why do you say that? He said, I just don't have anybody engage me like that. And you could mm-hmm. tell that he was lonely mm-hmm. and loneliness in, in America um, they say that about 38% of Americans are 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 lonely. And Heather, it would surprise you to know the 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 demographic that that is lonelier than anybody, 18 to 22.
0: Well, I and have if you to look at it, doesn't it, surprise me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh it's kind of sad, and you know, it's it's um uh, you know my my friend Nito Quibane says we live in the most connected society in the history of the world yet we're more disconnected than ever before mm-hmm. and i think these kids that you know the the lack of human interaction and you know i mean when when i was growing up you know we didn't have the cell phones we didn't you know, have the, the Facebooks and all the social and all that kind of stuff. And, and so we, we went out and, and we schmoozed, we, we, yeah. we got to know people and we had more interaction and, I, and uh, you know, I haven't done any research on that. This all happened like forty eight hours ago, but I, um, I suspect that it might have something to do with it.
0: Oh, I I definitely agree. I mean, I run into people all the time who are really feeling the impact of the isolation, in particular, the last couple of years that have brought on for so many of us. And I I think it's important to do exactly what you did to engage people, because we need that. Right. What do you think? Absolutely. I guess my question is, what do you hope that readers will take away with them after they, they finish reading your book?
1: Yeah. So I I think the, the, the big thing that, you know, the the book is very inspirational and, you know, if you have a can do it attitude, it can happen. And Mm -hmm. you don't, don't, don't sit on the sidelines and watch the parade go by, be part of that parade. And, and um, you know, the, you know, you talk about fear, a lot of people, I mean, they they fear other people. They fear their CEO. They fear if somebody's got to, you know, seven zeros behind his name. Oh my gosh. He swears so much money, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and as I said before, um, you know, we are more alike than, than we are different. And, you know, zeros really doesn't make us a, 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 a whole lot different. One of the books I, or one of the chapters, I'm sorry. I, I tell people my advice after the chapter is I don't care who stoops from, you know, what pedestal, um, you know, you got to learn, the, to, to lose that fear of people and that fear that that, that we have we've created and mm-hmm. you know it exists only in our minds some of the nicest people in the world that I've met have been people of distinction and you know wealth and and what have you so um, you know I, I would like people to, to do that to you know get get rid of that 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 fear in their life and um, and then I, I think uh, again as we were just chatting I think it's a it's a real, um, uh, there's some real good lessons about, you know, reaching out, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the less fortunate. So,
0: mm. and at the end of the day, I want them to schmooze. It works. It works. It works. You, you know, uh, Cody, I'd like to just take a moment for those people who are like, okay, well, let me in on this. Tell them how can they reach you? Where can they find the book?
1: Uh, yeah, they can find the book. You can, you can get in Barnes and Noble books a million. Um, I think the easiest it seems like it's very easy is, uh, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I have a website. It is Mister mrmrschmooze.com. <laughs> Mr. Um, I've been giving my, uh, schmooze email because there's some, and it, it's amazing yeah, a show like this and people want to reach out. So yeah. my email for anybody that wants to reach out is myschmooze at gmail.com. Myschmooze at gmail.com.
0: That's awesome. so we'll we'll put both of those links for your email and your website into the show notes so that it'll make it nice and easy for everyone. And of course the the half an hour flies by. so it's time for you to share with us that that one burning idea, thought, um, action that you want to leave our listeners with today.
1: I would I would say that, uh when you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you rot. And, um, that is, uh, you know, I, I, I come in contact with, uh, you know, people that are in their comfort level, or maybe they're retiring or whatever. And, you know, I always c- encourage them to, to keep going and to, you know, look at the future, regardless of where you are in life. And, uh, I think that, uh, that will serve everyone um uh, well
0: mm-hmm. that's awesome thank you cody i really appreciate the time that you've taken with us your stories your view on the world and and i'm sure those of you listening right now are appreciating it as well if you like the show share it with a friend leave a review subscribe we appreciate you listening thanks a lot cody well thank you heather